Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show with your chance to be heard. Give your opinion, bash on the liberals, even make fun of the wacky left. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 949, KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Thanks for tuning in today. Nine minutes after nine o'clock, it's open line Friday. We got a little bit of a, a change to that. We will be taking your calls. We'll we'll have open lines uh, in the second half hour. A couple of guests to talk about first uh, here on the show. Tim Anderson is going to be joining me shortly, and, and I uh, talked to with Mike Lee, U.S. Senator Mike Lee, yesterday. I wanted to play that first. It's kind of become a tradition on our Friday shows to play a little bit of. Mike Lee, very short interview, about about five minute interview with Mike Lee. Here's what uh, here's what he had to say. Uh, let, let me push stop on. Okay, here we go. Here's what here's Mike Lee. U.S. Senator Mike Lee joins me now via the telephone. Mike, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much. Are you you back in D.C. right now? Yes, sir. Get, getting her done. I well, we we appreciate your service. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, some troubling things going on right now around the country and around the world. I guess maybe at the top of the list is uh, what's going on in Tel Aviv and in Israel. Uh, the Palestinians and uh, really making making life crazy over there. Yeah, they really are. It's sad, you know. On Monday night, Hamas launched thousands of rockets into Israeli cities, and their intended target seemed to be just any Israeli person with no regard for civilian lives. And and the goal seems to be just creating destruction and terror. That's unfortunate. We have, we have uh, trouble in the middle East and we have gas shortages sort of in the East, uh, Eastern part of the United States. It feels like we're back in the early seventies again, Mike. I don't, I don't know how old you were back then, but those were not good times. Yeah. I remember seeing the lines. I was, um, uh, not nearly old enough to drive at the time, but yeah. my parents sure saw it, and I witnessed it firsthand. It, those are not things we uh, that anyone would want to relive. This time, it came about as a result of a single cyber attack and ransomware demand, and it's troubling. It's troubling when you consider how dependent we are on each other, how dependent we are on relatively few corridors for moving energy and other commodities. And uh, it's a reminder of uh, how difficult things can get really, really quickly, especially if we don't have multiple avenues for getting the things we need. Mike, we're going through a drown here in southern Utah. When I have the water people on, they always talk about redundancy, having backup plans for things. Is is that something we need to worry about, redundancy, backup plans for things like uh, how we get stuff delivered to us? Without question, it is, especially when it comes to liquid fuels. Uh, you know, without liquid fuels, we're in a world of hurt. And when prices spike uh, in, in gasoline, for example, because of an event like this, it ends up causing everything else to go up in price. American consumers are already facing rampant inflation uh, with the inflation numbers coming out yesterday showing the highest month-to-month inflation that we've seen in nearly 40 years. Uh, It's very disturbing that this is happening right now because the price of gasoline affects people directly at the pump and it affects them indirectly in that everything they buy gets more expensive because everything they buy has to be transported in some way or another. 
you know, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, we had uh, record low unemployment in this in this country. Uh, obviously, the pandemic threw a wrench in that and stuff. But it, it seemed like things were going so well with policy wise with President Trump, and now we have President Biden in here, and things are kind of going nuts. So, can it be directly attributed to the change in power at the top, Mike? Not all of it, certainly, and I think it's a, a mistake many people make. Um, in one administration or another, trying to blame every success or every failure based on who's in the Oval Office. It's mathematically not fair to do that. But one does have to ask, where do the policies of the current administration naturally lead? People should always be asking that. And when you see the Biden administration canceling the Keystone XL pipeline and canceling other public works projects, canceling uh, routine uh, and by law, quarterly uh, lease auctions for oil and gas development on federal public lands in those areas that have been deemed suitable for oil and gas leasing. One does have to wonder where those policies lead, and they don't lead us to a, a place where we'll have more energy stability, but rather less. Maybe I'm being alarmist, Mike, but I'm scared for our country because we still have more than three years left of the of the uh, current administration. I know you can do your best out there to to help fight what's uh, some of the stuff that's going on, but it, but it's definitely a, a kind of frightening. Oh yeah, yeah, frightening indeed. And and look, I, I I just hope that people across America, regardless of their political ideology or their party affiliation or who they voted for in 2020 or at any other time, I hope people will start to look at the federal government and government in general, but especially the federal government with the appropriate degree of suspicion or concern. It doesn't have to be suspicion. You don't have to believe it's inherently bad because it isn't, but they should remember that government neither loves nor hates. It doesn't have arms to hug you. It, it, it doesn't have a moral compass. Government is just force. It's just force and taxation. That's all it is. So it can be used for good or for ill. And like any other power that's potentially dangerous but also necessary, it just has to be used carefully and under prescribed limits, much the same way we use electricity and fire and water and oxygen carefully. Because if if left uncontrolled, all those things can become harmful as necessary as they are to our day-to-day lives. That was uh, Mike Lee. Talked with him yesterday for about five minutes on the phone. I thought really a great ending to that interview with him kind of giving us a little a little philosophy on life. Uh, by the way, Mike is the son of Rex and Janet Lee. Uh, Rex, the original founder of the uh, Brigham Young University's J. Reuben Clark Law School, who my guest now on the show uh, actually went to J. Reuben Clark Law School. Is, is that right? That's right. Tim Anderson is here. Thank you for uh, coming, Tim. I also found out one other thing. Uh, Mike's mom is named Janet. Her maiden name is Griffin. I'm a Griffin. Maybe she's a lost cousin or something I didn't know about. I don't know. That's a possibility. You know, I can, and I can also to tell you another Mike Lee when he was a boy story. Oh, good. You see, uh, when I was in law school, Rex was my constitutional law teacher. Mm-hmm. And just before the end of the year, end of the third year of, of, of school, about three weeks before, we're in constitutional law class, and, and the guy next to me, a, a, a student from, uh, from, Ida, or from Montana, from Billings, named Joseph Leckie, was standing up. The camera was on him, and Rex was asking him a question that he couldn't answer. For some reason, he 
looks at me, Joe did, and said, and then says to Rex, he says, I can't answer this question, but Tim Anderson sitting here next to me can beat you in a race around this university. <laughs> Wait, and, that's a quantum leap to go from answering a question to racing. And Rex, well, there's something behind this. And Rex okay. looks at me and says, Anderson, you're on. And then he moved to a different student, which means Joe Leckie is a very smart lawyer because he figured out that <laughs> the, for the practice of the strategy of deflection. Deflection, yes. But, uh, in fact, we did then. A few weeks later, we, at the Saturday before the end of school, we gathered in the, of a parking lot behind the law school. We had 62 people, and we ran all the way around the law school, ended up in the Kiwanis Park, and Rex and I were neck and neck the whole race, not more than four or five feet apart, all the way to the end in the Kiwanis Park. And I trained on the hills. He had trained on the track. And I just started to beat him at the end. I pulled away, and his... his <laughs> And his young son, who was seven years old at the time, Little says, Mikey. my dad really wanted to beat you, and he was mad all day about that. <laughs> so that's my Mike Lee and Rex Lee story. He was, Rex was a great teacher and a great friend. I have to ask Mike if he remembers that. Uh, oh, we've talked about it. He yeah, remembers it. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, you beat Rex. Congratulations. Did you get a good grade in his class is what I really want to know. Oh, that's a different story. <laughs> We're with uh, Tim Anderson, a local attorney who uh, has been a banner carrier for the uh, DSU HC, Dixie, uh, defending Southwestern Utah Heritage Coalition. Uh, and, uh, of course, these are, these are the folks that uh, think that uh, dropping Dixie from the name of Dixie State is a terrible idea. Tim, I know you have some, uh, well, a, a little premise that you want to talk on. Well, first, I'd like to thank the many, many people who have been uh, very supportive of this cause. And it is very a very large group. A lot of contributions to dsuhc.org is where they can send them. And we're doing lots of things in opposition to removing the name Dixie at the university. Yeah. And if that were the only thing that would be interesting, it would be an important issue. But it far, goes far deeper than that. And that's just why I want to address here just, uh, just for a moment. Okay. Because when we look at what is happening, um, we... I, I, in fact, I might say before that, today is Dixie Flag Day. That's one of our activities uh, being promoted. Uh, I got by one the right group. over here, by the way. You got your flag here, right and people here. are flying their flag, and they're putting it, planting it where they can in an interesting, creative place. And in so doing, uh, we are going to give out some prizes on this next week for those that plant their flags in the most interesting place. So plant it, take a picture of it, and put it on Facebook. And uh, we, that's part of the fun side of this. Okay. But on the serious side of this, we're committed to defending the heritage, history, culture, and tradition of this community. And this came about with the effort by the university to try to remove the name Dixie. And, you know, an interesting thing is that back in February 28th of 2020, there was a very good presentation, video presentation done by Dixie State University regarding the name Dixie, regarding the heritage, regarding the history. And it's just a well, well done piece. So just a little over, what, uh, 15 months ago or so. Yeah, and and had some great leaders of the university in it. And we thought, boy, that is just, we could not have done better ourselves. The university does some very great things, and that was one of them. And so then we move forward, and by September of 2020, Mm -hmm. they're starting to change the name. We even think it started before then. We get a, a, a bombastic response from the chairman of the board of trustees that they're not going to change the name at the president's state of the university address. On, I was on, there, yeah. In September 23rd. He was, he was emotional. He, was, he said, this, we, we have no preconceived plan yeah. to change the name Dixie. 
And then on December 14th, we find out, we see that not only do they attempt to change it, but they, they change it in each of their committees. The President's Council has a Zoom meeting in which they're going to, they claim that it was a unanimous vote to change the name. Of course, we've asked for the Zoom pictures, which they're not providing because we don't think it was unanimous. If they just look at it, they'll see it wasn't. Uh, the Board of Trustees meets. They're unanimous. And then it's on, that's on a Thursday, and the following Monday it's sent to the Board of Higher Education. And so quickly, in just a, one quick move, they, tried, they moved to change the name. But a few things happened along the path, which are sort of interesting and becoming more interesting as we look into it. One is that in early June of 2020, the university was securing domain names of up to 40 different names for colleges for, for, the, for the school. And they had already secured their effort to work with Cicero to put out uh, people who ultimately put out their survey in which they got into the community and they show pictures of racially inappropriate activity 50, 60 years ago. And then ask the question, how do you now perceive yeah. Dixie? So obviously very disingenuous, but that was the strategy. But what? But the question is, why did they, Why are they doing this? We know what they did, and it's very odd and strange that they would go this way, especially where they were so supposedly in favor of, of the Dixie concept the, that we're so ago. used to. Yeah. And so one thing we're glad, you know, what happened just uh, shortly after February 28th? Mm. Give me March, March 13th. That, that's, when, that's when everything hit the fan with COVID-19. Yeah. COVID yeah. comes down, so a virus strikes, and you yeah. think, well, that's... So is it COVID? Well, you know, maybe. But is there perhaps another virus that was in play? And I'm suggesting that there was. And that is this movement towards cancel culture, particularly in position of, its, uh, of one of its, its parts, critical race theory, and the effort to try to, in effect, surrender to the left in any way that they can the cultural aspects of it that are so prominent in colleges and universities and start following the trend that somehow the Dixie name had to go. And there's enough of that virus in place that it's continued to infect the leadership at the university. And they're not getting over it very fast. But it's important to understand that the country is getting over it. We see the, the, the continuous reaction to the effort to try to impose cancel culture practices and theories in our country and they're quickly being rooted out and thrown out by state legislators and there's a real reaction to them and the reaction isn't just coming from the right it's coming from all over yeah. you see many who object seriously even entertainers now to cancel culture strategies so but i was just looking around and there's a lady named grace daniels in the american mind it's by the claremont institute and uh, she this is something that quote from meridian magazine that was there and she said, this is just recent. She says, if you don't fight this nonsense now, wherever it's showing up in your community, soon there will be nothing good, nothing true or beautiful to defend. We will be ruled by lies and power and while being told we're progressing towards truth and justice. We're in an open war, ideologically speaking. There's no safe anymore for people of good conscience. Choose which kind of unsafe you can abide. Fighting the lies is always prefer- preferable to being ruled by them. And also the quote says, in many ways, the, tyrannical has al- the tyranny has already arrived. Cancel culture, ostracism, fear of losing one's job are good incentives for remaining silent in the face of authoritarian ideology. Disagreement is evidence of racism, a label that once affixed 
it proves hard to erase. It's interesting that even some of the characters in that incredible uh, video done by the college are not able to talk freely and openly about this Dixie issue at this point. Right. And as she also says, don't apologize or defend yourself against vague accusations of harm. An apology when you've done nothing wrong is a lie. It will only further convince your accuser that their de delusions are reality. They don't want dialogue. They want compliance. And so removing the name Dixie is, would be an apology to the world. And that would be a lie. And so I think we need to be careful when, when we're dealing with this issue is realize that we're not willing to surrender to the cancel culture by removing the name Dixie. The trend, as I mentioned, is changing. It's changing nationally, and things are happening quickly that, that really react to such extreme sort of totalitarian-type thinking. Yeah. And so that's an important thing that, to take into account as we look at where we're at in this campaign to try to stop this effort that really has resulted in this legislative push that's really created a situation where initially it was uh, anything but Dixie and then was really saved by Senator Ibsen to at least allow another round for discussion of the name issue. And, uh, and that's what we're doing now. But it looks like the strategy that we hear from the university is still an anything but Dixie approach. Anything but. And they, you know, they have this committee they've created, and uh, they've marshaled a lot of effort in that area, and yet they've stacked it in a way that uh, there's not a lot of chance that they're going to come up with a name that includes the name Dixie. So that having been said, that is our concern. That's what we're sort of warrioring against as we struggle this. But we have a few important announcements. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you have you seen our billboard. I have seen pictures of your billboard. I have not seen it myself, no. Well, let me tell you about seeing the picture of the billboard, because that's more important than the billboard itself. Okay. Uh, on the eve of graduation, we put up a bill, freeway billboard. And by the way, we're putting up some more, so get ready for some more uh, preserved Dixie signs around this town. Mm -hmm. When we put it on Facebook, within 24 hours, we had a 20,000 post reach. Wow. It had 256 shares, 20,000 post reach. Today, it has a 32,100 post reach and 338 shares, if you look at it. Now, that's significant. That's significant for anything that, uh, it, that it derives locally. Now, if you're pushing something, some major national ad campaign, those aren't huge numbers. But you will not find this sort of, of, uh, this sort of reach by any message on Facebook from anything local, when the university puts out something like they did on graduation, their best is they had a 1,700 post reach. Wow. Ours is many, many times that. So what that tells us, we have a very substantial group, huge group. And that creates what we could consider voter critical mass. We can take that number. We can substantially discount it. We can slice it down by two-thirds or even three-quarters and find out that we still have perhaps over 7,500 devoted, active members, and that can be very, very critical in any local political races. Now, remember, we're just committed to preserving the heritage, history, culture, and tradition of the area. We're not hung up on all these other political issues that may be out there. But we want to see in our elected leaders going forward that there's a deep commitment to that. And in particular, the hallmark point on that is preservation of the name Dixie. Now, in our organization, we have, uh, we've, we've organized a public relations committee headed by John Rogers, former publisher of the Daily Spectrum. He lives up in Bountiful. The Community Action Committee, it's headed by Brad Bennett, 
who's been on the show, and mm -hmm. he's sort of given the, the assignment to go out and talk about this a lot. He's in the trenches around the community and just does great things. He parades, events, shirts, uh, lapel pins, one that I just got today from him that's very cool. Well, he's, he's our guy that's out doing that, and that's why he's, and, and I, uh, he's handling these sorts of matters. But there's a new committee that I want to announce, and this is a candidate recruitment and evaluation committee. The members of this committee are Brad Hall, Betty Ariel, Troy Blanchard, Mark Woodbury, and we're going to add another person from the east end of the county. Their job is candidate recruitment. We think there needs to be more candidates. You know how we complain there aren't enough candidates in these races? Yeah. There needs to be more. We need to have more involved in the mayoral elections, the city councils, the school boards, the county, uh, state for state positions. And so... We want to have a group that advises us as to those that would be applying for positions and tell us who we should, should support, who we should endorse. We need to see more leadership. We need to see the mayor of St. George, for example, step forward and really take a strong position against this cancel culture. Not just, and words are helpful, but we need to see action. We need to see consequences that could be invoked by the city in the event the university changes its name. Um, we also have uh, uh, we, we also need to see uh, much more effort made in trying to to bring the community together in opposition to 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 the cancel culture in other areas, but particularly this is it right now. So one other area of leadership that's really important has to do with Brad Bennett. Brad being the head of our our local action committee, he has. You know, I will tell you, we look at our state representatives, and one of the really outstanding ones is Lowry Snow. He's not just an outstanding state representative. He's one of the finest lawyers in the history of this community. Really? Wow. But there are some challenges that we feel Lowry has that we would like to have Brad to visit with him on. One is that he has not, in our view, been aggressively, actively opposing the, 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 basically the cancellation of the Dixie name. We did not see him really in, uh, as the chairman of the education committee in the house, really taking a strong position to keep this from happening. Well, Brad has been trying to get a hold of Lowry and Lowry has not been responding. And you know, Brad, he, he doesn't give up. Yeah. He's a bulldog. And so we would really like Lowry to visit with Brad and have Brad help Lowry find some ways to come bring this back around. Our request is simple. It might be hard. It might be a tall order, but we want to see the effort in the house reversed and we want to see our elected officials prevail upon the university to think carefully about what they're doing and where they're at in connection with this cancel culture matrix and pull the plug on removing the name Dixie. Awesome. All right. Now, Tim, let me interrupt you. I have questions, and I know some callers have questions as well. Uh, we want to make sure we have time for all that stuff and let you finish also with the stuff you have prepared. But got to get a weather break in. So uh, we'll be uh, back with Tim more with Tim Anderson defending Southwestern Utah's heritage, in particular that Dixie name. We, 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 we're interactive at the Andy Griffin Show. Call in now at 673-5890. Text in at 435-467-5842. Email at agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back. It's Open Line Friday. We will be taking your calls. I've got Tim Anderson with me. And, Tim, I had a ton of questions. I know some folks are calling and texting in as well. Uh, and I know you still have some stuff you wanted to talk about as well. So a busy show today. Thank you for coming on, though. 
anybody that uh, that doesn't know, Tim Anderson is uh, a pillar of the community. Can I call you that, Tim? Is that okay? I guess pillar is okay. If it... <laughs> uh, Pill or pillar, not sure. P- pillar, <laughs> yeah, pillar. Um, you know, that's one of the things when when you look at an issue like we're dealing with right now with the whole Dixie name and the university. You know, you might have in some communities and some issues, you might have a split down the middle when we talk about pillars of the community. But right now I'm seeing most of the pillars of our community are coming out and saying, why in the world are you going to do this to us? Why in the world would you cancel Dixie? Uh, I I mean, you you think of some of the big names in this town and uh, they're all pretty much saying we we don't need to do this. Yeah. And and the group that's promoting it is is small and they're getting smaller and i think that's part of the problem is they're sort of only talking to one another and hiding in their places and not really willing to come out and deal with this you know what i'd like to do and i'll offer this as a challenge i really think president williams needs to step forward and discuss this openly and publicly and i'd be glad to meet him one-on-one at the cox auditorium or at the burns arena if folks want to join us there or right here on the radio or right here in the radio and have it be a but it's a long, a long one. I don't want to be cut off by the clock like the legislature's tried to do, yeah. the university's tried to do. I'm talking a 90-minute discussion, open debate, just the two of us, and let's get this out and start talking about the real issues and no room to hide anymore. Not send out your surrogates, but come out yourself and deal with this question forthrightly and be willing to be cross-examined on the key issues. All right, Greg's on line one. Greg, thanks for hanging on through the break. How you doing? Oh, hey, hey, Andy. Hey. Hey, Tim, Greg Aldred. I, um, you know, I started thinking, first of all, thank you, Tim, for what you're doing. And being a Dixie Sunshiner for years, and I, I know uh, Andy's part of us, that's the St. George Chamber. Mm-hmm. We're the ambassadors for small business. And uh, as many of you know, I mean, great people have served from our community with this Dixie Sunshiners. And then last january and you know we had uh new uh leadership at the chamber and suddenly we've been rebranded we're saint george uh, and dixie is gone but the leadership forgot at cotton days at our float that we ride in and our other parades we're still branded dixie sunshiners and we love singing are you from dixie that's been our forte so yeah this really uh, touches my heart, but it happened in our chamber, and I know there were some meetings about this. Um, the Sunshiners had no issue, the Dixie Sunshiners, with our name. We wear it proudly, but uh, it just kind of, uh, to go along with all the meetings and the, the website searches, uh, well, you know, it's going to make sense now. You know, Greg, that's, that's a surrender to the cancel culture, but there's another part of this story. Do you know who started the Dixie Sunshiners? Well, I should. They give us the history, but I can tell it you it was. Public, it was Arthur Anderson, my dad. Oh, my word. When he was the director of the Chamber of Commerce, he started the Dixie Sunshiners. So I looked to, like, the city. What can they do? Well, the city pays. They're involved with the, with the Chamber of Commerce. The city should basically say, you return... Dixie to the Dixie Sunshiners, as we all should say, or we start looking elsewhere with our memberships. And I think without, that, the, that, uh, that without that we couldn't exist. Tim, you're right. And so that's, that's but you look do. at the woke cancel culture getting in the way and causing good people to make bad decisions because the, the chamber has good leadership. But why would they give in yeah, on something like that? 
Right. And, you know, we it just goes outside the umbrella when suddenly the Dixie Center, as you know, my dad and Mayor MacArthur, that was their baby. To bring the Dixie Center to us, a lot of the locals here thought that uh, we had the Burns Arena. Why would we need that? You know, but we had some visionaries there. And then to try to do a quick name change there, I, I, I think you've woken us up. And, uh, Tim, your, your history is amazing. And I know on a different subject, though, Andy, did you know Tim wrote one of the Rocky series books? I just thought I'd throw that in there. I, I did not know that. <laughs> He's a, he's a and, pillar, uh, not just of the community, but of the well, entertainment Well, he's a world. great author, and he has a little, you could do a whole subject on Russia with him. But anyway, I'll give <laughs> the opportunities for other to call in. But uh, Okay, thank you, Greg. Anyway, keep up the fight. We're with you 100%. Thanks, thank Greg. You. Yeah, another story for another time. <laughs> All right, let's go to line two. You're on with Andy with Tim Anderson this morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. So, uh, first off, Tim, I would just like to add my uh, comments to uh, the previous caller that uh, I want to thank you for the effort that you're putting in. This is what we have to do and we haven't done. And when I say we, I'm talking about those of us uh, conservative-minded people. We tend not to uh, get involved in groups and and, uh, group efforts and so forth. And it's one of the reasons why we're so far behind. And so uh, thank you. And uh, I continue to do what I can do. pushing back against this uh, name change. But I'd like to uh, I'd like to talk about the reason why, you know, we talk about uh, cancel culture, but why is it just for the sake of, of changing the name? And the answer is no. The reason is because of a fairly recent construct. It's a tool that the the left has been using, and it's called ESG. I've talked about it on the show before. And, Tim, are you aware of what ESG is? No, tell me what that is. Well, I'd like you to, uh, when you're done, please, uh, you know, do a little uh, search on this. You're going to find, your eyes are going to be open to the Yeah, we kind of have to do it quick, but give me just a quick run. What is that? Well, it's, it stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance, and it's a uh, business and college. Any institution has an ESG rating, oh, and nice. they're rated by how well they're doing on protecting the environment, how socially aware they are, whether they have the, the correct diversity of people, uh, of, of color and, and backgrounds, not about their merit, not about their ability. And this is why the college is doing this or the university doing this because if you get a low ESG rating, you don't get grants. You don't get partnerships with other groups that can help you achieve your goals. And if you uh, if you really drill down and you get a chance to talk to these university leaders, I can assure you this is all about their rating. They have to have a high rating so that they can get grants and loans and money and everything else within the, the system. It's all about ESG. Well, that's a good point. We'll have to look into that. I appreciate that message. We'll do that. All right, let's go to uh, line three. Hey, thanks for calling today. What's on your mind? Morning. I was uh, in case Greg talked about uh, the chamber and how they're trying to change the sunshiners, which, which, you know, that was the key reason I left the chamber is because if you're going to be changing the, the name sunshiners, what are you doing here? I mean, what... We've always been the Dixie Sunshiners here, and we always bring business in to uh, to bring into a positive light of what what Dixie really is. I mean, the Dixie spirit here is is bright and is beautiful, and we want to let it shine. I mean, it's what the first thing that the new bureaucrat when he came in after Pam, 
first thing I wanted to change was the name of the Sunshiners and then Dixie altogether as well. So uh, apparently the compromise is there's still Sunshiners, but no more Dixie. Well, I'm going to stand. Uh, I'm going to stand on that Dixie term. That needs to return. So, let's send that message to the chamber right now. You put that on your uh, logo with the Dixie Sunshiners henceforth. And I think our community is going to require it. Another thing that we ought to look at that I think is important is we we see the term Greater Zion, which I understand is a promotional term for the area, not a bad term, but to the extent it's being used or thought of in lieu of Welcome to Utah's Dixie. Yeah, we oppose that. I think another thing that the city could do, for example, on all of its signs in which it funds, and any of the cities could, that are also funding the travel council, whoever's in charge of that funding, should, wherever you see the term Greater Zion, there should be an equivalent, Welcome to Utah's Dixie. This allows us to get those monikers out there to be clearly understood and further promotes the history, the Dixie spirit, just like Greater Zion promotes the area. So that should be an equivalent in place on all of our signs throughout the community. Agreed. Uh, very well said, Tim. Um, you know, and, and there, there's been this cancel culture drives me crazy because I, I now find myself, and as you know, probably, Tim, I do uh, ball games on the radio. I do sports. I do basketball, oh, yeah. football, baseball. Uh, Carefully, last, the pronouns there. Yeah. Last night, while I was doing a baseball game, I found myself in my head being editing what I was saying. Oh, I got to be careful. I, you know, I was doing the Dixie uh, Green Canyon game, and I thought, I thought, you know, I, I got to be careful what I say. I don't want to offend anybody. And I got on the way home. I was, I was, I was mad at myself. I was angry. I was like, here I am, basically, kind of falling right into the cancel culture and, and the idea that anything I say, harmless as it may be, may be construed as something racist. I. I well, they want to invoke fear. Yeah, fear. And that's how you get people to comply. And we're in a, compli- a period of time where it, it, this sort of thing exists in modern democracies. You know, it's one of the saddest coincidences of history is that Stalin and Hitler were contemporaries. Hmm. But it's not that the sort of the totalitarian approach to management doesn't exist also in democracies. And the idea is to, to oppose freedom of thought, to cause people to be fearful and really only promote things like diversity if it promotes the totalitarian theory. Hmm. But, the, but the masses have to conform or they will be scapegoated. Yeah. And that's really what happened when the university stood up and tried to, to, to say, you know, we've got to get rid of the name Dixie. That's a, that, or that, excuse me, that inferred that somehow our community is racist. Right. That was to, to try to move the name Dixie and put it in a different light, a different context. Try to scapegoat it. I can tell you that uh, that's a strategy that we can see it. We saw it. it we, you can see it in basic Marxist philosophy and in any totalitarian uh, strategy. And we're not going to put up with that. And the university needs to know that. This is over for them because the political landscape is going to be uprooted in this area if they change the name. And okay. so that's where we're working, and we hope that they'll come around, and they should really listen because, as, as, as I think if you, as some revolutionaries would say, you may have the watches, but we have the time. Nice. nice. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Hey, uh, hi, who's this? Good morning. Morning. Hey, what's your name? Hey, um, my name is Sharon. Sharon, thanks for calling. Um, Tim just made a statement. That good people are making bad decisions through this process. Mm-hmm. And I just would put out a plea to the trustees who were basing their vote to 
um, support the Cicero study findings, which are very questionable. They voted on some bad information that was uh, presented to them quickly. Agreed. And I think they made some good people making some bad choices. I would um, plead to them to please come forward if they regret their choice. And to state that, I can tell them that we will be behind them 100%. They were given bad information and some bad choices were made, and then the decision was rubber-stamped all the way, way up to the legislature. And um, so that that's the first point I'd like to make. Um, and the second point, Tim, would you run for St. George Mayor or the state <laughs> legislature? And then I'll leave it at that. All right. Thank Thanks. you for the call today. No, appreciate, appreciate that. that. Another we, story for another time. Any politics but, in your future? But, but I want to respond, though, to what she said, is that uh-huh. really the Board of Trustees at a university is the citizen group that is intended to advise the president. Now, they're not experts in education, but they are experts in major decisions. That's why they're community members and not just educators, although we have a very great educator on there, Larry Bergeson, who heads up our school district. Who is, But the point is, is that their job is to sort of protect the community and protect the president and the leadership from making really just dumb, boneheaded decisions. Right. This is a dumb, boneheaded decision, but strangely, this time, the system that is sort of afforded the trustees to try to protect the president and the university didn't work. They just rolled over. Yeah. And to me, that's amazing. But Sharon's point is great. Any one of those trustees could right now come forward and say, nope, I'm changing my mind, and the whole thing would start to change. Uh, if our legislative leaders, particularly Representative Snow and, and Representative uh, and, and, and Senator Ibsen, that's why you come out and say, go to the president and say, look, we're not doing this anymore. End it. And it would end. Because, again, over time, these are the people the university has to respect and follow. The system has to, will support the university, but the university has to understand that it has the limits on the decisions, it has limits to the decisions it can make that will impact the community and the education system. He's Tim Anderson. I've got to get another commercial break in. More with Tim and your phone calls uh, after this quick break. Uh, real quick, Joe Shoney is a loan consultant here in the area uh, with incredible reviews online. In fact, the reviews are up over 530 now, and he averages 4.96 out of five stars. That's phenomenal. I wish I could did that well in school. Uh, but, again, five-star review after five-star review is uh, Joe Shoney. He's a loan consultant. Specialty is customer service. Call him today and see why he has such great reviews online at 435-590-6300. We'll be right back. This is America for crying out loud. Traditional, conservative, capitalistic. Let's band together and melt the snowflakes on The Andy Griffin Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome back. We're talking Dixie name today. Why it needs to stay right where it is with uh, Tim Anderson, the guest today. Thank you, Tim, for coming in and sure. pillar of community of the community. You're one of the pillars. I like it. Well, thanks. <laughs> you you dodged it, the uh, question about political aspirations, but I'm going to ask it again, and you can dodge it again if you want to, and I'll move on. It's up to you. But is there a political f- future in Tim Anderson? You know, I, I, I better dodge that. Okay. I, I, I feel deeply in the community. I believe in what we're doing and that there are those that should step forward at the right time in their lives. And uh, so I'll leave it at that for right now. Okay. 
Fair enough. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, uh, kind of a lot of feedback there, but uh, you're on with Andy with Tim Anderson. What's on your mind? So um, I, I have not been a part of the whole program. I'm sorry, I haven't listened to the content expand, but I have listened the last 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Have you, have you addressed women in the hiding place the college official? Uh, I believe she's a department dean or department head who has been collecting the uh, Dixie, uh, Dixie signs uh, off Dixie Yards and other places. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I, yeah, I can respond to that. Uh, yeah. We, ahead, we, we really don't know too much about that yet. We know that there are some uh, that we believe that Dixie College Police understand uh, who's involved there and they've turned it over to the city. And that's as much as we know about it right now. But we think they know who it is. And we're not sure if it is or isn't a Dixie College employee. But I think we think it is. Yeah, somebody, uh, in case you couldn't hear, and it was very hard to understand the question, but it basically, uh, do you guys know any more about someone who has been collecting Dixie's, Dixie signs and, and banners and taking them down? But, and, uh, but, you know, in the heat of these sorts of things, those things happen. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if I had a chance to sit down with her and explain our view of things, she might come around. All right, Tim, we we're down to the last four minutes or so on the show. I know you had a couple other things you wanted to get to. Go ahead. No, let's take another caller. Okay. Well, yeah. no, but actually we don't have anybody right now. Okay. I do have a text or two. Well, let's, um, yeah, let's see what they have to say. I just have uh, one final statement and I'm done. So. Okay. Uh, this uh, text says... Uh, no matter what you guys do, they're going to change it anyway, if not this year or sometime in the future. Uh, thoughts on that, Tim? Well, yeah, that's a good, good, good comment. I understand that sometime in the future the earth is going to burn up, to get too close to the sun and burn up. So we'll take that at, you know, at, at, at its value. So it's, it's basically uh, maybe. Maybe someday it will change. But right now we're going to fight with everything we have to make sure that does well, not happen. Well, the question happen. isn't who's going to win in life. The question is... Are you going to, how are you going to do in the fight? Mm. And that's pretty much the story of our lives, and that's the way we live. You know, the, the, I often talk about it on this show. Uh, talk is cheap. Uh, issues come up, things we don't like, and it's easy to sit here and complain about them and talk about them and say, ah, oh, man, I wish we could do. But the, the, really, the proof is in the pudding, or in other words, the action that you take. If you decide there's something you really don't like, and if you feel strongly enough about it, you need to do something about it. And, and uh, it's, uh, like I said, it, it can be easy to talk about, but eventually you got to get up off the couch or wherever you're, uh, you're, you're chilling and, and do something about it. And that's one of the things, and again, a caller talked about it too, Tim, that I love about you guys is you finally said, hold everything. Enough is enough. We can't take it anymore. And you guys have gotten up off the couch and you've said, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to let this happen in our community. Well, it, it's, as I mentioned before, it's really time for the university to realize they can pull the plug. They can rejoin the community, quit walking away from it. And if they do, the legislature up north, these people with these bench myopia don't care about what goes on down here. Right. But they need leadership from down here. The university needs to back away, and we need to then move on together and try to fix this, and I, which I think we can if they just leave the name alone. But I'd like to finish by saying just it's just a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. that I think applies not just to me but to all of us and basically is there comes a time when one must take he said there comes a time when must, one must take a position that is neither safe nor politic nor popular but he must take it because his conscience tells conscience tells him it is right and that's where we are but this time the mass of the community their conscience is telling this is right and so we plead with the university to rejoin the community 
and come around on this and do what is right. Yeah, well said, Tim. Uh, final minute. I know you wanted to end on that, but I got to ask you uh, one last thing. There, there's so much in life. There's so much pride involved. These it, clearly, uh, President Williams and the other group, the Board of Trustees, they've made their statement. They've made their decision. Uh, can they get out of it with, and still save face? Would it be embarrassing? I mean, I mean, pride is involved here. That's a tough thing to overcome. No. This is the most forgiving community you're going to find. And the predominant faith, the feelings, the wonderful people that live in this community, we can rejoin together on these issues. Forgiveness is everything, and there is no way that we that there's no way that we could. Uh, there, there are plenty of ways that we could gather, regather on this, rejoin, and make it right. And, and if the university came around, we would be their best supporters. I love it. I love it. I agree with you, Th- Tim. Thanks for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, and uh, again, uh, I, you know, at the risk of even getting in a little bit of trouble myself, because uh, my management has basically come out and said, stay neutral on this. And I, I, without telling them, I just said, well, I can't stay neutral on this. I have to have to choose a side because, uh, like you said, Tim, a moment ago, sometimes your conscience just says you got to do what's right. So, yeah, well, that's the way it is. We're out of time. Next week on the program, a pretty good, pretty cool schedule for you. Uh, Washington County Commission will be on. We'll hear from the Chamber of Commerce. We have some good questions to ask him, perhaps. Also, Brett Pruitt from Rowdy's Range. We'll talk guns and a mayor coming up, too. The mayor of uh, Santa Clara City. All that next week on the Andy Griffin Show. It's Friday. Have a fantastic weekend.